Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of Midweek Motivation with Westside Community Church. My name is Gabe Kolstad. This is Nancy Castile. Thanks for joining me, Nancy. Hi, Gabe. Nice Nancy, to be back. Yeah, Nancy is a psychologist, and she coaches people for a living in just getting healthier, making great choices, and really being all they can be. And we are following up, actually, today from an episode of our weekend service at Westside, where we talked about how we can build a firmer foundation, you know, in this world of this day and age where everything seems like it's up for grabs and things are shifting so fast, how do you be a person who builds a stronger foundation so that you can move through the season and be stronger on the other side of it? Um, so we're going to be talking about some things that relate to that today. And Nancy, thanks so much for joining me for this. Love it. Um, we, we've been actually having a conversation behind the scenes about um, what all is involved in this and how people move through this. So I want to just kind of pull out some of the things we've talked about. First of all is, how do you explain to me the idea that you've mentioned to me about the locus of control and creating a firmer foundation through that? So it's interesting, Gabe, because I work with people all the time uh, in terms of being able to manage life yeah, and how they come to the table with it. And you, it really resonated with me what you talked about on Sunday and that idea of, uh, of kind of tough as nails, firm foundation, where are the cracks in your foundation? Have you, has it been laid? Yeah. Uh, has it been laid successfully to begin with? And are you sunk if it hasn't? <laughs> yeah. Or is there, is there a way to firm up that foundation, which of course there is, um, even if it's later in life. Um, so you and I were, Gabe and I were chatting about, um, well, I'm going to do this a little, little out of the order we've talked about, but I'm, you know, I got done with the sermon. Um, I didn't get done with it. I got done listening to the sermon on Sunday <laughs> and would, just thought it was so impactful. And I said to Gabe after after this, after the service, that um, that it really struck me because in my work, I often am talking with people about how they view themselves and how they walk through life, mm-hmm. and I am often trying to create visual images for people that they can just grab in the heat of the moment mm-hmm. or when they are depleted or when something traumatic or stressful is happening. And so I like to create something that, you know, because they're not going to remember me and like all this dribble that I'm saying, but <laughs> they might remember something visual or something sure. that's a, just a short, short little catchy thing. And so I always talk to people about that uh, that whole foundational concept of 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 your locus of control. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so when we're born, our locus of control, and I'll define that in half a second. Um, our locus of control when we're born is completely externalized. Uh, we look. We don't know that we're okay because we're completely dependent on mom and dad or our caregiver. We look to them to know: Are we okay? Like, if you fall as a child, as a baby, as a toddler, whatever, if you fall, you know, and obviously if you hurt yourself or you break a leg or something like that, yes, you'll be crying. But most often if something happens to a little one, they look to mom or dad or their caregiver to see, like, are they freaked out? Are they crying? Are they okay? And if they're crying or freaked out, 
the child starts to freak out, to cry. If they're like, oh, hey, you know, they're fine, then they will oftentimes move right through it. There's plenty of research out there that has proven this time and time again. It's been studied for years. And so, but one of the primary jobs of parenthood is to shift what is an externalized locus of control because you're completely dependent on somebody else when you're born to be a fully internalized locus of control by the time they're out in life on their own. Okay, so nobody ever says that when you get, you know, it's not like it's on page 42 of your parenting handbook. we didn't get that. (laughs) You didn't get that parenting rule book, did you? Um, Figure 4A will describe locus of control. Um, But it it should be told because that is one of those those primary things that helps lay a really firm foundation. Um, So if you're a parent, this is a good thing to think about, um, is how... How do you do that? Well, I mean, one of the ways, and I'm sort of just diving in. I hope it's yeah. if you want to go in a different direction, you no, just let go me know. Um, is is to sit with your children through dark emotions, mm. to be with your kids through <clears throat> their exposure to dark emotions, which is sadness and anger and and anything that doesn't feel good. Mm. And it's not to solve it all for them. And we are definitely in a solve-it-all society right True. now. And and that's actually counterproductive because they're going to have those normal human emotions. Um, anger is not a bad thing. Anger is, an, is a human emotion. Mm. We're all going to have it at times, but how do you deal with it? Mm-hmm. How do we learn how to deal with it? How does the foundation get set for successfully and healthily dealing with that? Because we have somebody in our path that helps us to walk through or we have a good relationship with God. We, I mean, or all of that. Yeah. All together, we hope that our, you know, our parents, our our people in our lives when we're children have the ability to sit with us and can do that. Hopefully, they had that so that they they actually know how to deal yeah. with them. Um, but even later, we can help. You know, there's things you and I can talk about in a second if you don't have that as a firm foundation in the beginning. But but again, it's that idea of being able to take. Um, being able to know, if you have a completely internalized locus of control, what you know is that I'm okay. Anything can happen out in the world. Anything can happen and it's going to happen. Life is going to happen and life's going to have good things. Life's going to have not so great things, but I'm okay. Hmm. And uh, and the, reflecting back to what I was thinking after your sermon was um, – was the idea that, you know, I talk with people all the time about not not being a willow tree. Hmm. Um, and the idea, you know, think about a willow tree and the big long, long fronds mm-hmm. of a willow tree and how they move in the wind. And so whatever, excuse me, whatever wind is taking them is how where they're going. And that's how a lot of people live life right now. True. Which clearly... In your, in your words from Sunday, would be like having a foundation that might have some cracks in it mm-hmm. because, because it's not a very solid place to be moving from because anything can happen and you're gone. You're gone that way. You're gone this way by this upset, this stressor, um, especially around the holidays. And, and so then you think, like I always tell people, I want them to get in touch with their inner oak mm-hmm. instead because an oak tree has long 
big roots that that firmly plant them to the ground. And so, you know, get in touch with your inner oak people. Um, and and not a willow tree. And and it's almost like you can sense check yourself in a moment of stress. Yeah. So in that moment, am I moving with whoever's emotions are out of control around me? Um, you know, how am I dealing with the situation? Am I the oak in this room? Or am I the willow tree? You know, if whether that's at home, in a family, if that's at work, you know, if that's driving in a car and somebody's being a butt in front of you, you know, that kind of thing. So That's so great. I've always told Melissa that um, I one day want us to have a house somewhere that's by the water that has a big willow tree. Because I just love the way they look in the summer, you know, when, mm-hmm. the brand, when, the, when they got all the leaves and they're hanging out. But I think I just switched my metaphor. <laughs> Let's do an oak tree instead. <laughs> that's so much better. Um, I love what Psalm 1 says. And if you're somebody who's maybe exploring faith and, you know, you're looking at like this idea of being a little more unshakable, I think that's kind of how I look at it. Because yes. there's plenty shaking our world right now. We were talking on Sunday about being in a permanent earthquake. <laughs> like it just won't stop. It's like the 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 tremors keep happening in our society and in modern, you know, whatever's happening in 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 current history. But in Psalm chapter 1, I love what it says about being rooted and maybe rooted to something that's a little more firm than that. And it says, "Oh the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord," which is meant to be like we're rooted on something that doesn't change, and it says meditating on it day and night. Then, then it says this, they are like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each seasons. Their leaves never, never wither and they prosper in all they do. As in, it doesn't matter if it's winter or spring or summer or fall, you're going to be prospering all of those seasons. Mm-hmm. And we're probably right now in a winter of all the stuff going on. But you can be prospering because if your roots go down deep enough, right. you know, you, you're connected to a source of nutrition that doesn't depend on the weather. Right. And I think that's that's really important for us to thrive in our lives is to not be always rooted in things that change all the time. We make the best growth, Gabe, when we're when we're uncomfortable. Yeah. People don't Which th- is not fun to think about, right? It, like that's well, it isn't. But it's true. But we make the best growth as human beings yeah. when we're not in a comfortable place, because otherwise we're not we're not pushed to grow or to change or to uh, figure out could we do more, you know. And and I don't mean like could we do more, like could I put anything more on my to do list? I definitely don't mean that. But I mean, you know, if if I'm in this career I really like, or I'm in, or I'm not, and maybe there's something else I could do. I mean, or just you know. Family life is okay, but could it be even better? You know, how often are we pushing ourselves because it may take a big conversation or or it may take some action that doesn't always feel so good? But boy, if you can unlock some of that potential that you have that you don't usually rub up against. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about this because I said something in our weekend service on Sunday this past weekend about how tragedy sometimes can make you feel like you've lost some of your IQ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, in fact, some research said that you can lose, quote unquote, up to 30 points uh, in a tragedy where you're like, man, I can't remember how to tie my shoe right now or where I live. 
Um, talk to us about what that actually is, and then how do you rebuild that capacity? Yeah, as um, as somebody who's you know assessed IQ for for years, just in terms of looking at people's function uh, yeah. and their their cognition, um, it wouldn't actually be a loss unless you were like in a car accident. Okay, yeah, it wouldn't actually be a loss of IQ points, but what it would be is it's a loss of function. It's a loss of the kind of the wherewithal to be able to kind of get everything together to be able to function mm-hmm. like you normally would. It's also, I think, a loss of caring. About doing it, caring about some daily things, um, you know. For, uh, some of you may know who know me. Um, I mean, my husband died, uh, you know, of cancer. Um, those who know me know that I'm I'm remarried happily, wonderfully, uh, wonderfully um, to Matt. And but but my husband died uh, in 2015 of cancer, and at the ripe old age of 48. And, wow. and you know, I know that I've, I met a person in myself that I didn't know existed after that and, and because I didn't care. And I am not one who doesn't care mm-hmm. about things, mm-hmm. whether I'm caring about the show I'm watching on Netflix or, or the work I do or, you know, people in my life and that kind of thing. But I didn't, I didn't care about it. Eating, I didn't care about. I mean, I was I was depressed. I was mm. depressed, and it was definitely a situational kind of thing. But I had to live through it. So, did I lose functioning? I didn't. Yeah, you got to care to do, True. and and I definitely didn't. So, I mean, when people are in uh, either in trauma, and the hardest thing is if you're in like chronic trauma, um, that's that's even harder. Mm-hmm. And and we can talk about that if you want, but or well, we can I'd use love that to know time. what what advice uh, uh, you might have for people who feel like they are in chronic trauma to rebuild a little bit of capacity in life, maybe some of that passion that they feel like they can't access right now um, to get back to where they could have a little more agency and and foundation in their life. Yeah, well, and that's interesting because I mean, it could be that they're in chronic chronic trauma right now, or they could have lived a life that just feels like the trauma is is ongoing mm-hmm. because maybe they never did have those early years of somebody sitting with them and mm-hmm. helping them through dark emotions. So dark emotions have a life of their own with within them, and that they feel kind of out of control. It's like it, one other thing I always say is that uh, you are in control of your mind. Your mind doesn't control you. Mm-hmm. But if you aren't somebody who knows how or who's thought about my foundation and, and my inner oak, then it can feel like <laughs> I'm not in control of this. Mm-hmm. I feel like crap and I can't move. And so, you know, a lot of times it is finding a center and that center, it certainly, I think, even if you have a center that can be somebody else that you know you can confide in and talk to and help get a different perspective from there's also you know you're there's also yeah certainly it's got to be somebody stronger than you there's also god gotta be somebody stronger than you and we would say the strongest one is jesus absolutely absolutely (laughs) yeah and and so that's what i that's what i was fumbling to try to say is that that you would but even with with god in your corner i think also god puts other people on the planet Mm -hmm. in order to do his work through them yeah and so Talking with people, letting people know where you're at, letting somebody know where you're at. Um, try to get a different perspective because, again, 
if if say you are a little too in touch with your inner willow tree, then <laughs> then maybe perspective isn't currently reachable. Maybe perspective is so shot because it, it depends on how my husband comes home and whether he's in a good mood or not, mm. or whether my kids are actually, you know, able to get their work done so that I don't get a call from the school or, you know, just yeah. whatever it is, or the my boss at the job that I'm in right now, and uh, why can't he do what, you know? Um, it, you know, if you feel like you're on those, going with those wins, um then, because you're really, if you're doing that, you're really relying on other people's foundations yeah. to be solid. And uh, I don't know. I don't know that I'd want to do that. I think better for us to take stock of our own ability to firm up our foundation, yeah. whether it was whether it was strong enough to begin with, and we just need, uh, and now we just need a reset, or if we have to build it on our own. It's never too late to learn that that I you know to learn that you deserve to have peace in your life mm-hmm. and to have time to make a good decision and that you have the wherewithal to to make that decision you know but we do need other people we are social yeah. animals we Absolutely. are not meant to be functioning alone Hundred percent. You know, and I love about oh, this whole conversation. We could go on for hours because this is so fascinating, <laughs> and it's really all that we're all we're, we're breathing this stuff right now. I mean, man, life Absolutely. is crazy. The world is crazy. I don't. I'm forty eight years old. It's never been crazier, um, and I don't can't predict if it's going to get less crazy or more crazy. I have no idea. So I'm so glad that we can come back to the idea that we can build a firmer foundation on something that's not changing all the time. Right. And um, and so we would just encourage you to keep exploring the uh, that that idea of like maybe God could give you some hope and help in this season and uh, and what Nancy's saying is don't do it alone. How great is that? Mm-hmm. So lean into the people that are around you. We would encourage you to do two things. One is subscribe to this podcast so you can keep on hearing some words of hope and inspiration. And maybe even share it with a few people that you know that are looking for the same thing. And then even consider popping by for a weekend service at Westside Community Mm -hmm. Church. You can do that online or on site. We're here in the Portland, Oregon area. And if you can't be here in person, we always do our services online. We always talk about stuff that matters in our daily lives. And I would encourage you to check it out at westsidecommunitychurch.com. Nancy, I'm so grateful for your words of insight, and thanks for spending some time with me today. Always a pleasure. All right. Well, have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you soon.